This message comes from NPR sponsor Comcast. With an uncertain school year ahead, Comcast's Internet Essentials Partner Program is helping communities work together to connect low-income students to the Internet. More at comcast.com slash internet essentials. Hello, podcast listeners. It's Ophira. Now we know that you love Welcome to Night Vale, so you are not going to want to miss this. Cecil Baldwin will be our special puzzle guru at our next taping at the Bell House on Monday, October 19th. And here's a question. If you could give an electric shock to a stranger in another room, you know, just because someone told you to do it, would you? That's the topic of our VIP's new film, Experimenter. And we'll be talking with actor Peter Sarsgaard on the show about all kinds of shocking things. So come see Cecil Baldwin, guest musician Julian Villard, and actor Peter Sarsgaard. Get your tickets now at amatickets.org. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in the borough so nice they named it Brooklyn. An hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. It's NPR's Ask Me Another, and here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, John. So excited about our VIPs. They are Joseph Fink, Jeffy Craner, and Cecil Baldwin, otherwise known as the folks behind the immensely popular podcast, Welcome to Night Vale. Now, if you don't know Welcome to Night Vale, it's a community radio broadcast from a fictional desert town where strange things and surreal things are perfectly normal. It's a world filled with angels, secret police, a shadow government, mysterious hooded figures, glow clouds that rain dead animals, and a forbidden dog park. So think Washington, D.C. if it had a nightlife. We'll be talking to them later in the show, but let's kick things off with our first game called That's Not What This Is About. And here to play it are our contestants, Hannah Reff and Pat Rye. Hannah, you are studying anthropology of food? I am. I'm in the gastronomy master's program at Boston University, so... I know, it sounds very exciting. And totally made up. What is that about? (laughs) We talk a lot about the, the like philosophy and cultural aspects of food, why we eat kale versus why we eat potato chips, why you're fat versus why the government thinks you're fat. Right and now, have, everybody that's listening yeah. to the show is like, why do we eat kale? I need to know. <laughs> uh, we have snack time during every class period, and there's always hummus. Right, because it's the internationally uh, okay food. Yeah. Nobody's too square for hummus. <laughs> hummus should run with that. Hummus should run with that. Pat, a language arts teacher who briefly left teaching because you toured with Fiddler on the Roof. What role? Yenter the matchmaker. What is that about? How did that happen? Well, um, I'm a very practical person, and after 10 years of teaching, my pension was vested. (laughs) So I said, well, I'm not married. I'm just renting. I sublet my apartment. I went to the audition. Well, I went to the audition, got the part, sublet my apartment, and went on the road for a year. That's amazing. How was it? It was fabulous. I got paid for working three hours a day, and reading books. 
Yeah. I got to read books for a whole year. So what you're saying, what you loved about showbiz was the hours. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Good to know. All right, well, to tell us what That's Not What This Is About is about, I'm delighted to welcome back to our show as our puzzle giant from They Might Be Giants, John Flansburg. Ladies and gentlemen, movie titles can be deceiving. An example, the movie The Blues Brothers is not about two siblings battling chronic depression. Sort of is, isn't it, though, if you think about it? Yes, so what we're going to do is we're going to read an inaccurate plot based on a real film title. The game is to name the actual film. So ring in when you know the answer, and don't worry. In this epic coming-of-age story, Jason Schwartzman gets kicked out of a prestigious prep school and moves to South Dakota to sculpt a gigantic stone tribute to our nation's greatest presidents. Rushmore? That's correct, Pat. Here's your next question. Maya Angelou joins Emily Dickinson and Pablo Neruda in a posthumous writing club. Hannah. Dead Poet Society. Yes, exactly. In a world Hilary Swank stars in this comedy about a contest to find a missing infant and claim a seven-figure cash prize. Pat. Million Dollar Baby. That is correct. In this M. Night Shyamalan thriller, we learn that the tools used to direct traffic are actually trying to kill us. Pat. Signs? Yes. All right, I'm going to do this uh, next. I don't do a lot of impressions, uh, but I, got, I just I got a couple, so I thought I'd do this next one in the voice of the movie phone guy. Walter Matthau is the grizzled television news producer. Poorly trained grizzlies and Kodiaks are the woefully unprepared CNN news anchors. Hijinks ensues. Press one. (laughs) Bad news bears. That is correct. Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn are teachers of ancient history in a film about the University of Bologna founded in 1088 A.D. Hannah. Old school. Old school. Old school. Anna Kendrick is a star baseball player who throws a no-hitter without any walks, then sings about it without musical accompaniment or auto-tune. Pat. Pitch perfect. That is correct. And Pat for the point. This is your final question. John Favreau wrote, directed, and catered this 2014 movie based on Isaac Hayes' character from South Park. (laughs) Hannah. Chef. Chef is correct. John Flansburg, how did our contestants do? They both did great. In fact, it's a tie. Oh, look at that. Very exciting. So who will win? Pat with five points or Hannah with five Mm -hmm. points? We come to the question. Okay. Robert Downey Jr. portrays the guy who invented a device for removing creases from clothes. (laughs) Hannah? Iron Man? That is correct, and you are the winner, Hannah! (laughs) Hannah, well done. We'll see you in the final round. For a round called 
called Bring Your A-Game. Here are our next two contestants, Christy Peet and Zakia Smith. We have two visitors to New York. Zakia, you are visiting from Michigan? Canton, Michigan. Canton, yes. Michigan. Uh, and Christy, you're visiting from Houston. Houston, yeah. Houston Texas. <laughs> Do people tell you that you have an accent, Zakia? Uh, not really, but I'm familiar with the Michigan accent. It's kind of the long A and the vowels. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's like music to your ears. <laughs> Christy, do you uh, find the people... Um, usually when they guess, they guess Southern California, but I grew up in Dallas. You grew up in Dallas. Do you, do you have any little Texan... Uh, I say y'all a lot, but other than that, no. Nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, Americans seem to think that Canadians speak funny and have an accent. <laughs> I am a Canadian, and I've never thought that much about it, but uh, maybe it's because I'm, like, too close to it or something. In this game, we're going to ask you to speak like a Canadian because all the answers will be words that, when spoken with a Canadian affect, become a different word. John, can you give us an example, eh? If we say, it's the sound a frog makes when playing a popular lawn game, you would say, croak a or croquet. <laughs> Let it out. This next segment is 20 minutes long. I apologize to all my countrymen. Ring in when you know the answer, and the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. My muscles got super pumped after I stopped going to those all-you-can-eat restaurants. Christy. Buffet? Eh? <laughs> that is correct. Buffet, yes. I love, now, you know, I love that you said buffet. You made it a little bit more, you had a little French to it, you know, <laughs> instead of buffet, uh, which is, but we don't have those in Canada because in Canada, everyone eats the right portion for them. <laughs> An Indian city now known as Mumbai is exploding with people. Christy. Bombay. Bombay, that's right. That is correct. He's an expert at wine and he's from Mogadishu. Zakia. Somalia. Somalia. <laughs> How did you get arrive at that answer? I'm from Somalia. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you just went for that. You're like, challenge. I will challenge. <laughs> she wanted to play an R-rated version of a board game about world domination. She's moving her armies into my Kamchatka. Risque. Zakia, <laughs> risque! Yes. Favorite board game in Canada? Does anyone know? Sorry. <laughs> I can never get enough of those eels. Keep them coming. Zakia. Squiggly. <laughs> <laughs> Judges? That's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Christy, can you steal? Um, slimy? <laughs> A good idea. No, the answer is more, eh? <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. Only 15 more minutes. All right. <laughs> Mr. Mayage didn't want my paper money, just all of my spare change. Please do not scream out the answer. <laughs> 
Spare chain. Oh, oh. karate? Hey, hey. No, I don't know. <laughs> Zakia, can you steal? I was definitely going to say karate, so... No, we were looking for sensei. Sensei. Ah! 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 If I said loonies and toonies, would that help? Actually, yes. <laughs> Next time. The French artist who painted the gardens at Giverny made me ooh with pleasure. Christy. M- Monet. <laughs> that is correct. Monet, indeed. <laughs> I like the way you said that, super fast. I teach art. I could not get it. <laughs> right, you just went for the painter. You didn't go for the moan, right. eh? which is, I understand, because you were focused on the art. <laughs> this is your last question. If you dipped this tubular pasta in squid ink, you can use it as a writing implement. Christy. Penne. Penne is that correct. That is correct. Congratulations, we have a winner, and the winner is Christy. Christy, you are moving on to the Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Coming up, we're going to talk to the folks behind the hit podcast, Welcome to Night Vale, about what keeps them up at night. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. This podcast and the following message come from Chipotle. Now, they know there are some questions out there that remain a mystery, like, where exactly is Funky Town? Or, why are jorts popular again? Or, what is polysorbate 80? And what happened to polysorbates 1 through 79? I mean, version 80 must be pretty special, since you'll find it in other fast foods. At Chipotle, their ingredients don't have numbers, they have names, like avocados, poblano peppers, onions, pinto beans, and roasted tomatoes, because food should be made from food. Chipotle, food without a side of questions. Thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. You probably need car advice, tips, troubleshooting, and the occasional answers to all of your difficult car questions. Well, in between the laughter and the snorts, you can listen to the Car Talk podcast with Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. Laugh along anytime to Car Talk on their podcast. You can find it at npr.org slash podcasts and in your NPR One app. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our puzzle giant, John Flansberg. And for our next game, titled Chore Song, let's say hello to Josh Schneider and Lynn Cartwright-Panette. Josh, happy to have you all the way from Baltimore, Mm -hmm. where you are a rabbi. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a rabbi, do you have any wisdom for me? Just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what I'm doing. (laughs) So what do you hate to clean, my friend? I would say dusting. It's the only chore that punishes its doer for the exact reason why you're doing the chore itself, by sneezing all over the place. Oh, yes. That, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. You don't like dust, do you, Josh? Not so much into dust. Lynn, you work in the nonprofit sector helping low-income seventh graders who are great at math. What does that mean? Um, we find students who are in low-income schools who have exceptional potential in mathematics, and we get them summer programs and scholarships and cool stuff. Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. 
And do you have a uh, pet peeve cleaning job? What is it? I hate cleaning hair out of the shower oh, drain. It's disgusting. just the worst. Yeah. Yeah, and it's never yours, is it? Oh no, it's never mine. It's always my roommates. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. Well, we have one heck of a music game for you. Filling in for our house musician, Jonathan Colton, I am so pleased to welcome back the man with the golden keyboards, Julian Villard. Now, Julian, do you know what the primary activity people do while listening to our show? I mean, I, I'm an avid podcast listener, and yeah. usually when I listen to podcasts, I'm walking around and doing errands or, or around the house doing chores. A matter of fact, that is exactly what our listeners do. Uh, they told us that they wire guitar amps. <laughs> All right, I can they appreciate make that. They bread and pastries. Okay. And they yell at their kids. Well, we are glad to help you pass the time. In fact, this game is an ode to housekeeping. We've rewritten the lyrics to that Elton John classic, Your Song, to be about various routine chores. Just ring in when you know which chore I'm singing about. The winner will move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Prepare yourself. I'm ready. It's a little bit scummy, the soap residue. I'm not one of those who can let it accrue. My bathroom is filthy and too. Fight this grunge I'll clean the stall tile with My trusty sponge Okay, now you guys have to ring in and guess the chore. Lynn. Cleaning the bathroom? Yeah! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> cleaning the shower specifically, but we'll go with cleaning the bathroom. Yeah, well done. I can tell this would be my mother's favorite game already. I can just tell. The, the, if she listened to the, the cleaning show. part or the Elton John part, which. <laughs> all right. Wish I had a gardener, but then again, no aura two that's real noisy and makes tree debris blow. But this tool is broom like, makes my backyard bare. I'll get exercise and some fresh fall air. Josh. Raking? Yeah, raking. Raking, yeah. 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 I paused. You were totally right because I paused because I was like, but it's raking leaves. And then I was like, what else would they be raking, Ophira? <laughs> Although I do remember in like, as a child, because there was a lot of shag carpet still, that there was... <laughs> Carpet rakes. Carpet. People had carpet rakes. <laughs> that sounds really gross. And uh, and like <laughs> and the carpet, if you raked it, it would be all smooth one way. And I swear to God, and if you walked on it, it would make kind of prints through the carpet. And my mother would rake behind us, like she wanted no physical evidence that we existed. Like she would literally just rake behind us. Anyways, I just went to kind of a weird memory there. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, my mom isn't listening, so not to worry. It's fine. Um, okay. She thinks I'm a doctor. <laughs> right, I'm going to play the yeah, song. Play okay. <laughs> and you can tell everybody my home is sound. 
I climb that ladder twice a year I'm safety bound Fire prevention, fire prevention Don't want flames where I dwell To stop random beeping I must replace that cell Josh Changing the battery on your fire alarm? Yes Yeah It's weird. I don't, these, these words are like very fitting to the song. It's like, it, I feel it works like this, perfectly. Is how, this is how the song goes now. I don't know. Right. I don't know what that means. It's from uh, Elton John's Greatest Chores, Volume 2. Yes. <laughs> I stood by the bed and kicked off the cat if she stays while I do this well. These socks won't lay flat. While the smell of snuggle permeates my pores I will make these clothes fit inside my drawers Lynn, folding the laundry and putting it away? Yeah, folding the laundry! Chores. Now I'll head to the driveway and drag out my hose. I'll fill up my bucket, make some rags from old clothes. Turtle wax and chamois, get it really clean. I'll make it the sweetest ride you've ever seen. Lynn, washing the car. Washing the car. Yes. Correct. That sounds like that actually could have been in the song. Absolutely. That I mean, he, in the, uh, the actual lyrics about, like, you know, kicking moss off a roof, why couldn't he be washing a car? Yeah. It's, but it's also the way you sing it. Oh, well, no. It's beautiful. It's all right. Well, it is oh, very beautiful. Oh. I, I really feel like, I, I feel a, a, an obligation to the writers of the show to really, you know, do, do these lyrics justice. They've slaved over them. And these are, this is someone's heart here on these pages. <laughs> And you can tell everybody my thumb is green. I've got the best ficuses you've ever seen. My phylodendron, my phylodendron, English ivy yellow. Yeah, my indoor garden just needs H2O. Lynn, watering the plants. Watering the plants is correct. Uh, this is the last clue. I'll clear a pathway, I'll clear a pathway, push those ice crystals back. I'll dress warm and take breaks, don't want a heart attack. <laughs> Josh. Shoveling snow. Shoveling snow. Yes. Our contestants, you did fantastic. Well done. But Lynn, you are going to be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Thank you. And how about a hand for Julian Villard? Julian will be coming back later in the show to help us get in a Night Vale state of mind. 
This game is called World Makes the Money Go Round. Say hello to our contestants, Aaron Ratz and Ian Hoffman. Both of them have very cool jobs. High school chemistry teacher, Aaron. What is, what is, yeah, that's awesome. What is the biggest crowd-pleasing experiment that uh, you can offer the high school kids? Well, basically anything with fire, but recently we generated some hydrogen gas and exploded it in small quantities, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Ian is visiting from D.C. You work for the Department of Justice. That's right. What do you do at the Department of Justice? I work for the Antitrust Division, and so... A lot of uh, antitrust fans. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, so people who are supposed to be competitors sometimes don't do that. They get together and fix prices or rig bids. Yeah. So then uh, they call us in, we prosecute them, and occasionally send them to jail. Yeah, sounds fun. Everyone likes that. You're basically like the shame on you people. Yeah. You're doing God's work. <laughs> John? Doctor. <laughs> John, you, you do a lot of traveling, right? I do a, an incredible amount of traveling. I was going to use a swear word, but you we're on the radio. You decided against it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, what is the weirdest uh, kind of coin that you have in your drawer? From I've your got company? a ton of coins. They're not that weird. You know, through the miracle of imperialism, there's a lot of uh, redundancy. I mean, I was just in Tasmania. And they I always just... use that phrase, the miracle of imperialism. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was in uh, I was I was in Tasmania and they just have like Australian coins. But the uh, the, the most the most interesting coins I have actually are uh, I have a bunch of uh, New York transit coins from the seventies uh, that have the Y in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And those are really like the only really very fun cool. ones I got. Those are very cool. Yeah. Do you want to let the uh, contestants know what kind of game they get? Contestants, do you know the world's currencies? Probably not. <laughs> We're going to give you some. Helpful homonyms, you identify the currency. If I said the currency of the United Kingdom buys you a dog kennel, you might say pound. But you might stand there. So ring in when you know Wonder, your world one, currency. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. The miracle of imperialism. <laughs> it's a Swiss currency that buys you exactly one hot dog. Ian. A Frank. A Frank. Yeah, perfect. Well played. The currency of Bosnia. We've got plenty of time. I'll repeat the question. The currency of Bosnia and the pre-Euro currency of Germany, this could buy you one Cuban, one Rothko, normally quite expensive, or one Wahlberg. Ian. A mark. That is correct. Ophira, tell us about Angola, Ophira. In Angola, it's often used in gifts for a well-known African-American and pan-African holiday. Ian. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa, yes. That is correct. In Thailand, you can spend one of these to get an automated computer program, like one that indexes the web for a search engine. Ian. A bot. Bot is the answer. I kind of wish that they were robots. It'd be cool. The future. Do they have bots, like, on the currency? <laughs> a hundred dollar bill is a transformer. 
Yeah. This Ethiopian currency makes you shiver with cold when you hold it. It's the sound your lips make when you're freezing. Is this European currency? Aaron. Aaron. Burr? Burr is correct. Correct. A piece of South African money, it bears the image of a U.S. senator from Kentucky with the last name Paul. Ian. Uh, a Rand. Yes. A Correct. Rand. John Flansburg, how did our contestants do? They did fantastically, Ophira. Do you have any other questions? Yes. Which one of them is going to be moving on to our final round? Ian is the winner, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for playing the game, Aaron. We will see you in the final round, Ian. Wow. Our next contestant is on the line. Hi, you're on Ask Me Another. Hi, this is Monica. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Hello, Monica. You are a high-level academic. I am a mid-level academic. Oh. I, uh, I have a postdoctoral fellowship at Georgia Tech right now. Well, that's very self-deprecating of you. <laughs> okay, well, this game is called Nerd Alert. Uh, Monica, what are your nerdy activities that you engage in? Oh, you know, your general Doctor Who, um, nice. Star Trek. Yep. Does Downton Abbey count? I'm, I'm quite... I mean, not I, this I, season. <laughs> I, I, I live tweet Downton Abbey every Sunday night. Yep, good. I think that, that you just name things that please everyone. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> so in this game, we are looking for words, names, and phrases that have the letters N-E-R-D in order. For example, a nerd might protest the cancellation of Firefly by hanging a large sign over a building otherwise known as a banner drop. All right. Got it? Nobody said this was going to be easy. <laughs> I thought I just heard her hang up the phone, actually. <laughs> but you're still there, Monica. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll see All what right. we can do. Here we go. If a nerd can get up the nerve to ask someone out, he or she might suggest this evening activity, which involves eating a meal, but careful, careful, not too much wine. Dinner date? Dinner date. Yes, correct. Well done. Nerds love to quote Fargo, don't you know? And they know that Marge Gunderson is the sheriff of this Minnesota town. It looks like a portmanteau of a nerd's favorite body organ and the word nerd. Wow, portmanteau. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's the, twi the second time the word portmanteau's come up this week. Um, Mid-level. Mid-level. <laughs> Mid-level. Come on. Uh, yeah, that's high level. Quit beating yourself up. That is some postdoc yeah, nerddom. Yeah. We were looking for a brainerd. Oh... You know, if you'd said Trip Shakespeare song, I would have gotten that. Oh, sorry. I didn't write the clues. <laughs> but good to know. Doing great. Here we go. It's that running voice in a nerd's head which is constantly telling her to stop acting so nerdy. Just take off your glasses and be normal. Uh, inner... Diva? You know what? Yeah. Judges? Totally. We like it. I'm totally taking that. I love that. 
We were going for inner dialogue, but you added creativity uh. and a little bit of sparkle. I'm thinking two points. Oh. Nerds can't say this two-word name for a dachshund without giggling. Maybe no one can. Wiener dog. Wiener dog is correct. Monica, you did as good as we were hoping, which means we will be sending you a limited edition Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube for your puzzling pleasure. Thank you so much for playing with us, Monica Miller. Thank you. And if you are an N-E-R-D who wants to be in our show, just send us an email to askmeanother at npr.org. We'll send you a contestant quiz, and before you know it, you could be on NPR. Coming up, we'll visit a friendly desert community where the sun is hot, the moon is beautiful, and the mysterious lights pass overhead while we all pretend to sleep. Stay tuned. This is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this episode of Ask Me Another and the following message come from Classic Films LLC, presenting Billions in Change, a documentary of Manoj Bhagava about wealth and responsibility and the work he's doing in the areas of water, energy, and healthcare. Available for viewing at billionsinchange.com. And The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, weeknights on Comedy Central. It's the same show you love, but just with this one teeny tiny difference. Introducing The Daily Show with a new host, Trevor Noah, weeknights on Comedy Central and on the Comedy Central app. You're listening to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and it's time to meet the folks behind the immensely popular podcast, Welcome to Nightfall. Please welcome Jeffrey Craner and Joseph Fink. Uh, now, Welcome to Nightville has been described, I've heard it been described so many different ways, especially through the public radio uh, descriptions. You get Lake Wobegon as seen through the eyes of Stephen King or David Lynch. NPR meets the Mothman prophecies. <laughs> Can I tell you something yes. that I've never actually said in an interview? This will be the first time I've said this publicly. The description of Lake Wobegon yes. as seen through Stephen King, I think that comes from our most helpful iTunes review, which was written by my mom. <laughs> How do you describe it to uh, someone who doesn't know the show in its simplest terms? Uh, our friend Kate Leff, who does a lot of artwork for us to, for the show, too. Yeah. When the, she first found out about the show, she posted on her blog that she said it was like Stephen King and Neil Gaiman started a game of Sims and then just left it running forever. <laughs> Uh, you have different segments in the show that are reoccurring. There's a community calendar, there's traffic, a message from the sponsors, or financial news. But I want to play a clip right now from an early episode just to give everyone a little taste of early Night Vale uh, fun and humor. Another warning for Night Vale residents. Sources say that the used and discount sporting goods store on Flint Drive is a front for the world government. This is based on extensive study of the location 
and also because it has a black helicopter pad on which black helicopters regularly depart and land, fairly unusual for a used and discount sporting goods store. We sent our intern, Chad, to try buying a tennis racket and have not heard back from him for several weeks. The whole running joke of the interns that die constantly did not come into play, I think, until probably the third or fourth episode. Yeah. And then you're like, this is what we're doing. And then it just kept happening, and we're like, well, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I like that your writing process is a series of like, well, then this happened. I mean, it's a way of, we've written a a great number of our friends into the show and then killed them. It's Uh what the intern system has turned into. So, Jeffrey, when the first time you meet your fans... What did, how did that feel? Because obviously if you're doing this and you only know listeners and feedback that is coming to you online, what was it like to do a live event and meet your fans? <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It was just, it was so unexpected. You know, I've been doing theater for so long and, uh, and then uh, suddenly, you know, here's, here's uh, several hundred people. We had a total of 4,000 people see the show in London. And At our that was, tour. And, and wow. it, was, it was amazing. And uh, yeah, it, there, you, nothing really prepares you for that. It's, it's really amazing. And you see people in full costume. You see people uh, of all ages and, uh, and backgrounds. And it's really great. What is the most popular costume? Most popular is probably Cecil or, or Carlos, the, the two m- kind of main characters. I want to say the most visible is the glow cloud. Because right. even, <laughs> if you have, even if you have one of those in the audience, you will see it. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the one that sticks in my head. It's amazing how polite the glow clouds are, too, because you see them, and they have these giant glow clouds with Christmas lights and LEDs and stuff, and and then the show starts, and they take it off and put it down. (laughs) I've been a sports fan forever, and people don't do that. So, Joseph, is it finite? Do you feel like Welcome to Night Vale is finite? Are are you working ahead? Yes, I feel like the people working on it will die someday. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we argue this point constantly in meetings. This is a huge point of contention between Jeffrey and I, but I do believe in death. Um, I, we don't have... I mean, I'm sure it's finite. I, I, we don't have an end in mind. It's just something that we want to do until we don't want to do it anymore, and then we won't want to do it. Now, do you think Nightville Community Radio would air Ask Me Another? Well, we do... <laughs> We do already have the other NPR show that Jeffrey came up with. Wait, wait, don't, no, don't, please don't. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like you would fit right in next to that. <laughs> please don't ask me another, maybe. <laughs> well, we're about to play a game inspired by your deranged and wonderfully weird minds. Let's hear it for Jeffrey Craner and Joseph Fink. This round is called Tales from the Cryptids, and here to play it are Zach Hertz and Rob Blatt. Rob is a pro wrestler. How long have you been pro wrestling? Uh, about two years. And you also are a sideshow performer? That is accurate, yeah. And what are some of the sideshow, what are they, your acts? What are your uh, acts? So my specialty is escaping from a straitjacket while wearing a horse head mask. Sure. Um, it's a classic. Yeah. <laughs> Zach leaned away from you that entire interview. 
Zach teaches Latin and Roman history to college students at Columbia while... It's basically the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And you are an avid Night Vale listener? Yes, yes I am. So would you identify with any one of the... Like, if you were to dress up and go to the live event, who would you go as? I am such a faceless old woman who lives in your home. Nice! Well, we are going to dive right into the world of Night Vale, so get ready to be scared, or you can choose just to feel the warmth of a void of emotion. We have taken lines from the show and turned them into questions about mythical creatures, conspiracy theories, and unexplained phenomena. But how could we do a game without the voice of Night Vale? So please welcome to the stage, Cecil Baldwin. Cecil, we are totally psyched to have you. Oh, thank you. So Cecil, you are going to read these questions in the way that only you can with some musical accompaniment from Mr. Julian Villard. So you're going to listen to the questions and identify what mythical creature, conspiracy theory, or unexplained phenomena we are talking about. Ring in when you know the answer. The desert seems vast, even endless. And yet scientists say that somewhere, even now, there is snow. Welcome to Night Vale. And in light of the large footprints found cutting through the frozen ground in Radon Canyon, the Night Vale Tourism Board's Visitable Night Vale campaign has kicked off with posters of what hairy creature native to the Himalayas? The Yeti and or Abominable Snowman? Zach, yes! The Nightville Council for Commerce reminds you to regularly consume wheat and wheat byproducts. <laughs> By doing so, you support the local Nightville farmer as well as the local Nightville commodities conglomerates. Uh, actually, an update on the previous announcement. As it turns out, all wheat and wheat byproducts, for unknown reasons, have turned into venomous snakes. Furthermore, these strange geometric patterns have appeared in the wheat fields, supposedly of extraterrestrial origin. Rob. Crop circles. Crop circles. Now, because uh, there's such a heavy focus on the problem with wheat and wheat byproducts in sure. Night Vale, do you get a lot of letters or emails from people that are uh, gluten intolerant going, yes! <laughs> um, I, I do know that every time I post uh, anything on Instagram that has wheat, yeah. uh, the fans do like to remind me that wheat and wheat byproducts <laughs> are, are verboten. So. They remind you. Thank you. Thank you for, the, for all those reminders. That's great. I just wanted a plate of pasta. <laughs> Today, we are exploring common birds and their meanings. An eagle indicates that an important phone call is impending. A pigeon means that your mother has died. Or that all is well, it's a bit uncertain. And this type of bird was considered good luck by sailors, or very, very bad luck if you killed one, although 
you can always change your luck by wearing this dead bird as a necklace. Rob. A crow. Crow? A crow I panicked. Is, it's, it's okay. It's all right. You rang in, you got excited, then you panicked. It happens a lot on the Ask Me Another stage. It's fine. Zach, can you steal? Albatross? Albatross. <laughs> I found wearing a pigeon around your neck gets you a seat on the subway, though. That's right. <laughs> the revitalization of the Old Town Drawbridge experienced another setback this week as engineers determined that the furniture upholstery used to construct the bridge soaks up water and creates an unstable foundation. One concerned critic said, we don't even have a river or bay in Nightvale that would necessitate a drawbridge, only a spring. And any creature that touches that spring will live forever since it is this mythical spout long sought after by explorers like Juan Ponce de Leon. Rob. The Fountain of Youth. That is what we were looking for, yes. It's been replaced, I guess, by botulism. (laughs) It's just true. This weekend... The Nightvale Zoo finally reopens after last month's renovations. Among the new features is the Sensory Extraction Room, where a randomly selected zoo-goer will be dropped into a pitch-black soundproof booth for two straight days, while zookeepers harvest their scent and teach it to genetically improved predators. The zoo also... (laughs) unveiled a new logo, featuring this blood-sucking creature first spotted in Puerto Rico. Zach. Chupacabra? Chupacabra, yeah! That was an amazingly close game. You guys are very good with your mythical creatures, conspiracy theories, and phenomena. But Zach, we will see you at our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show, and let's hear it for Cecil Baldwin. And now, the weather. With Julian Villard. Can I have your autograph? That's the line that made you laugh. My little Anne Hathaway sipping your latte at brunch. Private school in Connecticut Taught your coffee shop etiquette My devilish grin and good manners Back quite a punch I hear there's a bar that's brand new With a great east river view And after a whiskey or a few It's back to mine for season two of a show you've never seen I'll explain plot points in between kisses Cause this is a Brooklyn kind of love Julian Villard 
Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back from That's Not What It's About, Hannah Reff. From Bring Your A-Game, Christy Pete. From the chore song, Lynn Cartwright Panette. From World Makes Money Go Round, Ian Hoffman. And from Tales from the Cryptids, Zach Hertz. They'll be playing our Ask Me One More final round. Our puzzle giant, John Flansburg, will lead this final round entitled Just Because. I call this final round JB, 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 JB. Every answer will be a name of a person or a fictional character with the initials JB. For example, if I were to say, this movie guy, he's a spy, he prefers his martinis shaken, not stirred, anyone would say James Bond. Anybody. That's like a super easy clue. We're doing this spelling bee style, one wrong answer, and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to answer. The last person standing is our Ask Me Another grand winner, your prize. The creators of Night Vale will write you into an episode of the show, ladies and gentlemen. You will be on the show as an intern. Our first contestant is Hannah. A pop superstar, he dated Selena Gomez. Justin Bieber. That is correct. This original Saturday Night Live star yelled toga in Animal House. John Belushi. Christy, that is correct. Lynn, the godfather of soul. James Brown. That is correct, Lynn. Ian, this fictional character could stop terrorism in 24 real-time hours. Fictional character. Jack Bauer. Correct. Ian, you are correct. Zach, author of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, and Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. Judy Bloom. Zach. Judy Bloom, that's good. <laughs> Hannah, she played Mary Camden on the TV series Seventh Heaven. Jessica Beale. Very good. Christy, over a decade after his death, his cover of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah became an international hit. Uh, James Brown? No, I have no idea. (laughs) I'm sorry, please step to the side. Lynn, do you have the answer to the question? I have no idea. No, Lynn, step to the side. Ian, can you steal this? Jeff Buckley? Yes. All right, we are down to three. Zach, Ian, and Hannah. Zach, this actress has won multiple Emmys for her work on Modern Family. Jofia Bergara. Well, well played, Zach. Our judges are going to take that as a correct answer. No, no that's clearly wrong. Um, Hannah, uh, do you know the answer? This actress won multiple Emmys for her work on Modern Family. I do. Uh, the answer is Julie Bowen. Wow. Zach, thank you for playing our game. We are now down to just two players, ladies and gentlemen, Ian and Hannah. Ian, he's Barbara Streisand's stepson, a Goonie, and George W. Bush. James Brolin. Oh, no. Hannah, can you steal from Ian? Josh Brolin. I know, that was such a tight game. Ian, thank you so much. Hannah Reff. 
You made it. You are Ask Me Another Big Winner. Look forward to hearing your name on an episode of Welcome to Night Vale. One last round of applause for our VIPs, Joseph Fink, Jeffrey Craner, and Cecil Baldwin. And that's our show. Thank you for listening. If you would like to come to a live taping or be a contestant, just go to amatickets.org. And you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Ask Me Another's puzzle giant is John Flansburg. Hey, my name anagrams to Schnarl Fun Job. Our house musician is Julian Villard. Viral June Lad. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung. Narc Thug. With additional puzzle writing by Jonathan Bayliss, Eric Feinstein, Karen Lurie, Jess Miller, Greg Pliska, and J. Keith Van Stratton. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, Eleanor Kagan, and Denny Shin, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Bill Moss, Kristen Moeller, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Hill Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. CNYW. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, I just wanted to remind you to check out some other great NPR podcasts like the Car Talk podcast. I'm sure you have car questions. You need advice, troubleshooting, all kinds of things you need to know about your car that you don't understand. Tune in to hear Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers, laugh along with them as they give you all the information you need about your car. You can find the Car Talk podcast right now at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. Next time on Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, our VIP is the man who makes a living scaring children, Goosebumps writer R.L. Stein. It's the only thing I'm good at. You could, you could ask my wife. <laughs> Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on Ask Me Another, NPR's most pleasing and puzzling pleasure. <laughs>